Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Let's get into this conversation because it has been divisive even in the best of times, and that is the supervised consumption sites. And there has been boatloads talked about, boatloads written about it. And our next guest has taken issue with some of the words used by Post Media's Rick Bell uh, in the blasting of these drugs, uh, of these consumption sites. And uses of words like zombies and utilizing the us versus them mentality in this. And have we gone back in time in this conversation and taken us all the way back, even to go and use the words of Premier Jason Kenney and calling them UCP drug sites, which I personally think is politicizing an issue that shouldn't be politicized. We should be, and I think for the most part we do, look out for one another. And yet for some reason in this conversation, it's now become... As Jessica Holtzbaum rightly points out, an us versus them mentality. Jessica is from the group Change the Face of Addiction. She's been on this program before and, and I think really provides a, a bit of a common sense framework behind this conversation. And so, Jessica, welcome to the program. I want to ask right off the bat, though, how difficult has it been over the last couple of weeks in dealing with the rhetoric that's being thrown around by, frankly, both sides of this conversation? Um, you know, it's beyond heartbreaking, and there's a lot of us that are extremely upset. Um, and really, it's the language. I mean, not only is there um, the results that we're waiting for, but the language used in the specific article um, was just so heartbreaking. Um, for those of us that have lost someone to drug harms, it brought up a lot of grief and shame. Um, and we should not be ashamed of the people that we lost. You know, there's a lot more going on than than just a moral failing. Um, it's a very complicated thing, addiction, treatment. Um, and that language, I feel like, just set us back years and years of work that we've all put our hearts into to try to make people see the humanity behind someone who has a substance problem. Is that what's being lost in all of this, is the, the fact that we're dealing with human beings rather than we're seeing them for the drug versus seeing them for the human? Absolutely. I mean, the language in this particular article um, was absolutely appalling and it didn't, it completely took away their humanity and devalued um, a very large group of people, which is not okay. Um, and I know that people are being adversely affected in the neighborhoods surrounding supervised consumption um, sites, um, and their views are very important too. And I think it's important we put all of this onto the table um, and that we're talking about the benefits as well and that. We're having a rational discourse together. Um, good and bad, all sides should be discussed and talked about. Um, that's the only way we're going to come up with real solutions without dehumanizing the entire population of people. One of the things, and I know we've chatted before in the past about this, is is actually coming up with a vision together and not trying to uh, politicize it, not trying to pit one side against another, but simply just trying to figure out a path forward. How do we get there? How do we turn this conversation around so that we can actually um, see some real improvement in the lives of so many people that are affected? Right, and there's no easy answers, but we need to be respectful of one another. Um, we all come from very different backgrounds, very different 
um, experiences in our lives. And that's okay, but we need to be able to come together and talk about this and not point fingers and not yell at each other and not make outrageous claims about people that are not founded on on facts. Um, and, and then maybe we'll get there if we can all come together. If I had the solution, that would be amazing. I'd be shouting from the rooftops, but it's not going to be that easy. And with this rhetoric that's happening right now, it's just going to stop people from having those conversations. It's just creating and perpetuating an us and them uh, mentality and reinforces the stigma um, that so many drug users and so many substance users' families are facing right now. If these sites were to be taken out, which seems to be a bit of a, a question mark that's lingering right now, what do you think the effect is going to be? People are going to die. People are going to die like they were before. We are going to find bodies in alleys, in alleys, in bathrooms, um, outside of businesses. And the thing is, closing these sites and moving them isn't just going to make the problem go away. There's people that are still struggling. Um, and if they move them, I mean, I hope they would really think about where they're going to be placed because they need to be accessed by the people that need them. That's kind of why, you know, it was put right in the heart of downtown because we had a problem there. Mm-hmm. How important is it for the for government, for uh, policymakers, for residents to, I guess, have a, a more wholesome conversation around the actual system versus, uh, and I'm not trying to discredit the, the supervised consumption sites, mm-hmm. but it felt as though there was a lack of uh, follow-up after the fact. And so it became a perpetual system. So how do you get... Uh, how do you move the needle, I guess, on that front so that it looks like we're making some progress? I know. Well, for one, supervised consumption services were never meant to be a standalone um, organization. It's mm-hmm. just not what it was meant to do. We need to have all services in place. When someone's ready for detox, they need to go there. Um, you know, it's, it connects them to other other social services and that's not happening right now and that needs to be looked at the entire system needs to be revamped and this should just be a small piece of the overall um, continuum of care that people with substance um, problems need what was lacking in the last few years since those sites came up that made it seem as though we were spinning our tires a little yeah i you know i can't really I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not a frontline worker. I'm just someone who chats with um, a lot of people that have been affected by this um, from a lot of different sides. And we just, we needed more referrals. We needed more funds. I mean, to be honest, we need more funds placed into not only supervised consumption services and making sure they have the right people in place, um, but everything surrounding that as well so we can refer people to housing. Um, and then we could talk about affordable housing for homeless people. I mean, it, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle that all need to be talked about. Is one of those pieces also making sure that we don't overgeneralize? And by that, I mean, especially from a geographical standpoint, is there's been a lot of attention focused on what's happening around the consumption site in Lethbridge and trying to compare it to what's going on in other centers. Each situation is going to be different because of the accessibility of services in each of those different regions, isn't it? That's right. And the demographics of the people that are using those services, um, just like how every individual is unique, every location in each demographic are also going to be unique and need um, different different things in place to help them. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the number one misconception right now about what is going on with those sites? 
Uh, people think it's just a free-for-all where people solely go there to use their substance um, and leave. But there's a lot of care happening within those sites. There's relationships being built um, that could potentially put someone on the path to recovery. So it's it's keeping people alive, but it's also building support and trust and love. And I know that sounds hokey, but like that's what people need in their lives. Um, it's, the addiction is a big... <sighs> It's a disconnection, a disconnection with with our families, with communities. Um, so there's a lot going on there, and yeah, a lot more needs to be done. But shutting these sites down or or saying that they're the problem is absolutely absurd. Jessica Holtzbaum is our guest here on Calgary today. She of Change the Face. Uh, pardon me, let me get that straight again. Uh, Change the Face of Addiction as we talk about these supervised consumption sites. And uh, Jessica, one of the things that I keep coming back to is Maybe there was a wrong perception initially about these sites. Some thought that they'd be a one-stop shop. It'll fix everything that ails those who have an addiction of some kind. I think so. From what I can tell, people really think that that's all it's supposed to be, that they're just trying to keep people hanging onto their drugs um, and they're not trying to get them the help that they need and, again, get them on recovery, whatever that looks like to them. That's that's just not the case, and that's really, really kind of a black and white way of looking at this. And then beyond that is from a, a resident's perspective is sitting there thinking, okay, that one person who wants to use, they're going to go in and then they're going to be set up with all the systems right off the bat and we'll never have to see them again. It doesn't happen that way. I mean, if people could get themselves out of addiction that quickly, we wouldn't be in the crisis that we're in right now. Um, and again, it takes relationships it takes building trust um, with providers and I think something people don't think about is the people that are using these sites they actually value their lives and they're going there so they can have someone to make sure that they're okay which I think people think I don't know substance users don't care um, about themselves but clearly if you're going to the site you do you do value your life one of the other aspects in this conversation is what feels like a lack of context, a lack of understanding and a lack of empathy towards those who might be dealing with something that is far more reaching than just a simple, oh, they're a druggie or as was put, they're a bunch of zombies, right? Like whether it's a stressor or some sort of moment where things changed and now they're addicted and there's been no support to get them back out of that cycle. Yeah, one of the myths of addiction is that it's a moral failing and that really if you could just if you could just muster the strength and the courage to stop, you can do that. But again, if that was the case, we wouldn't be in this crisis that we're in. And again, it comes back to disconnection. And if people are not bonded with, with real, beautiful, loving things, they're going to bond with something. And so the, the, the path to addiction is so different for everybody. So it's so hard to generalize. I've heard that question asked in so many, um, so many groups that what leads to addiction? And it's such a complex answer. Um, there are so many different models. Again, people are, are very unique. They've had, um, a lot of people have had trauma. And so it just comes down to that unique individual and what has happened to them and how you either unpack that or how you help them move past that and how you help them to value themselves even more. Now, your organization's called Change the Face of Addiction. And I want to ask this question to wrap things up is, how do you change the face of addiction in the current climate that is uh, kind of permeating over top of not only our city, but it feels like our province? 
Yeah, um, we need to just keep showing people that these are, are human beings. Um, we have a campaign that we will be running again called See Me, where we we um, photograph people that have um, either had problems or they're in recovery, and we have them tell their story. And more importantly than their story about addiction is their story about who they actually are. It's very hard to dismiss someone when you're looking right into their eyes and you can see the humanity. So we're just going to keep talking to people and keep treating people um, with love. Jessica, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much. Bottom line in all of this conversation, to me anyways, is we cannot lose the human affect both on both sides, whether you're a neighbor or whether you're someone who is dealing with uh, these struggles. We've got to not lose sight of that at all. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR.